Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 139, from Springfield to Tatooine. I'm your host, Ryan, and welcome back, everyone. Yes, unfortunately, Robert will not be able to be here with me for this episode, uh, but I do have a special guest with me, And but before I bring him on, I wanted to just uh, clear up why the title of this is from Springfield to Tatooine, because you probably saw what we're going to be covering in this episode. Normally, something like this we would call the Kessel Run. Well, the Kessel Run is for older comic book issues. From Springfield to Tatooine is a segment on our show that Chuck and I normally would do where we talked about current day comics. Well, we're going to be talking about current day comics, so why not call it From Springfield to Tatooine? And to help me with this special episode is Uncle Teabag himself. You know him, you love him, Travis. Welcome to hey, the show, how's Travis. It going? Good. How are you doing? Good. Good. Excited to uh, to to be back. Right. I'm excited to have you back. It's it's always a good time when Uncle Teabag joins us. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe Teabag's toys next next December, guys. Let's do this. <laughs> um, and just so everyone knows. Uh, Travis was supposed to join Robert and me this evening and uh, anyways, even though so it wasn't like a last minute decision to bring Travis on. It was like Travis read the issue and we were he was excited to talk about it and I was like, Well, why don't you come on the show? And we were like, That's awesome then Robert said, I can't make it tonight and I said He's somewhere stuck between Springfield and Tattooing, yes. apparently. <laughs> yes. In between I guess uh the bridge layer and the Millennium Falcon, somewhere in there, he just, <laughs> something's broke down and we, we lost him somewhere. We, we don't know. So he can't quite make it here. So I said to Travis, I was like, do you still want to do the show? Because I'm going to still do the show. And he's like, I will be there. So thank you very much for still wanting to go ahead forward with this. So, um, so how are things going for you? It's been a little while since I know I've talked with you, but it's been a little while since the listeners have heard from you. Uh, you, I know you have a new bundle of joy on the way coming soon. So yes, uh, since the last, uh, time we've been on or that I've been on, um, my wife and I are expecting our first, uh, we are having a, a little boy, a son. He will be here sometime the last week of March, um, between, the 23rd and 28th, so not really sure. So okay. if you guys want to start releasing episode after episode at the end of March to keep me busy, because <laughs> I, I, I've heard I'm going to be up 24, 48 hours and sleep is, is not going to be there. So I, yeah. you know, we'll have the newest uh, Padawan Star Joe in, <laughs> to join the group. We'll, uh, we can break him in. Indoctrinate him, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Although I'm not sure you'd want your son listening to us at that early age. <laughs> I mean, it. I mean, if it's you know parental, if I guess parental guidance, or if it's right. you know, things like that, I'm a parent now. Like <laughs> this is my decision. Like, you get to guide them, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing better than than Star Joe's. So I mean, I, I mean, it's he's got to understand and right grow up and learn about about well all things geek because that's that's one thing and uh that it's okay to to like more than than just one and i mean 
he's got to learn about torpedo and spritzes right. and RHP. Like this is <laughs> this is just going to be a great learning experience for my future son. <laughs> yeah, the more I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Uh-huh. Maybe we'll start him at the uh, two or the uh, five year anniversary at the at the right at, at the not the reboot but the uh, the jumping on point the jumping and- on point right <laughs> um, yeah and uh, that was uh, interesting episode to put together and to finally get it to work um, I, I do want to comment on that since you brought it up so yes this is actually this is our first episode that we're recording since the our five year anniversary. On our fifth year anniversary, the exact date, I released the best of Star Joes. And it was a task to put it together, but it was a lot of fun to put it together. Brought back a lot of memories. I went through a lot of episodes uh, to find a lot of that stuff. Uh, And there was stuff, certain episodes I would listen to. I was like, I thought it had something I wanted and it didn't. But it still brought back great memories to hear those episodes, even though it didn't have something I could use. Uh, Well, I put this whole thing together. And then my recording software decided to, when I exported it, to have a glitch in it. <laughs> Lovely. And so when I finally posted it, I thought everything was fine. And then I started listening to it, as I often do right after I post it. I, I just put it on my iPod and started listening. And after about seven, eight minutes into it, the episode started to repeat back to the beginning again. <laughs> so... I- <laughs> I, I didn't have that problem. No. I know you had another problem yes. later, which is what when my initial listen through is what I Yeah. Is what I had. The bonus material. Well, luckily the the original problem did not affect a lot of people because like you said, I started listening to it and I was like, holy crap, this is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I was able to fix it relatively quickly. Um, so I put an announcement out there like, Hey, anyone that's downloaded it, if you're noticing your copy is like repeating every eight minutes for the next three hours, (laughs) (laughs) um, maybe delete it and re-download it. Um, so then that happened. So then of course I'm listening to that version of it and it's a three hour over three hour episode. So it takes me a while to get through it. Yeah. So it's like two days later, and I'm listening, and I get to the very end, and I notice after I say goodbye, and I say, hey, there's something special after after this from another episode, I notice it starts for like two seconds into what I wanted there, and then it repeated Robert talking about his experience with the naked man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I thought that was a director's cut. Like when I I kept I I listened to it all the way through. I'm like, oh man, there's something that they cut. Like this is this is the director's cut. There's some right. joke that that hit the cutting room floor. Like I was really excited, yeah. and then yeah. no, no, nothing. <laughs> no, it was just a mistake. <laughs> and uh, so then I rushed home after work and was like, okay, I got to fix this now. And I tried to ins insert that part back in from what I already had done so I didn't have to do a lot of the work again well then when I did that it did the eight minute repeat thing again and I'm like okay this thing's driving me crazy (laughs) so what I ultimately did was pulled the episode right from iTunes took out that last part and inserted the part I wanted and it worked out perfectly so if you are out there and you're hearing this episode and you were like 
gave up on the best of episode because stuff was wrong with it. It works now. <laughs> so, so just delete it out, re-download it. It's totally worth your effort in doing so, um, especially if you're a newer person to Star Joe's because there's just some awesome moments in there. So, well, there is. It was uh, it was awesome listening to that again. I know I had reached out to you and said like after listening to it, I had I have considered re-listening from the beginning because it just. It just was a trip down memory lane. Like I know, I I've been here since the first episode downloading because I remember seeing your posts on the uh, the comic forums Royal yeah. Lantern. Yep. Like I remember seeing your posts, and then my very first, I like I sometimes like I listen to podcasts like waiting for the trade. Essentially, I'll let two or three stack up, and then. Like marathon listen, yeah. And my very first episode that I listened to was when you guys were driving back from Mid Ohio, okay. And the when you guys were talking about the Mount Rushmore and who is your Mount Rushmore, right? And like I remember, like when I listened to it, you guys we're coming back from Mid Ohio. I'm like, holy crap, these guys are local, <laughs> like local, local. So, and then then I ended up. You know, listening to everything that was in my Zoom queue at the time because I had a Zoom and oh, it was wow. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but that was it, it. Was good just just rehearing everything and you know, yeah, going back and it, it's it's hard to believe that it's been you know five years of, of listening to to you guys. I I can't believe it either. I can't believe it's been five years of doing the episodes, and the part that really blew my mind was I was talking to my wife about it, and I said, it just dawned on me that we've done, a hundred at the time, 137 episodes, not counting the best of episodes, 137 episodes, and I was on all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, because, you know, there was times Chuck couldn't make it, there was times Robert couldn't make it, but if... If I can't make it, there's not an episode. <laughs> you are the Kermit of Star Joes. Right. Like, Kermit like, never missed the Muppet Theater. I get the Muppet Theater. Like Kermit was Muppet in all show, of them. Yeah. Muppet Show. Yeah. You're the you're the you're the Kermit the Frog. Yes. Of of Star Joes. Yes. So, um, and, and I'm and I'm grateful uh, for all the listeners. I'm grateful, obviously, for uh, Robert and and uh, Chuck doing the show with me and everything else and. There's gonna be a lot more of them in the new year. In fact, I just saw Chuck, and and you know we're gonna definitely work some stuff out. So I mean, it it's just exciting to know that it's gonna keep going, and that you know we'll be able to hopefully in the next five years still be going and meet even more people like yourself, Travis. Because that was a cool thing too. Looking back on it, was I didn't know you. I didn't know. A ton of people that I know now that I consider friends. I mean, you and I, we text in a group with Chuck and Nick and Sam, who none of us other than Chuck, Nick, and myself knew each other before the show. Right. So, yeah, it's a, it's that. That's where it's just. It's like you said. That's you know. It's just awesome. Just the the friendships that you know that have come from from this yeah. and you know not only you guys and sam but you know i've talked to robert some uh i met john thurman john yep. thurman is awesome yep. 
Rock, uh, Eric, Chris Campbell, Eric Grubb, uh, Jason Grubb. Prince. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it just there's the I, list goes on and on. <laughs> yes, so it, it it's just you know, and it is we're we're all friends, and it yeah. and it's 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 it is it's a community where you know we, we've all like. You know, hey, can you pick up an action figure or a comic or a right. sketch or you're, can you get this signature? Like, it's just, it's, it's more than networking. Like, it, yeah. it's just, it's just awesome, and it, it's crazy that a a podcast, something that you like, you just said you just wanted to do for fun, right. has expanded into, you know, into and friendships and community and everything else. I mean, in reality, this community has become just a group of friends. And, and I mentioned on the, the five, the five year episode that there's people that I consider friends who I've never, I haven't had the opportunity to meet yet, but I still consider them friends. Yeah. Um, so there's virtual friends and there's people I've had the opportunity to meet in person. And the big thing too, I want for anyone listening out there that might be new to the show is there's always room for more. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. I mean, there's there's people I just met within the past year uh, and have gotten to know really well because of, of interacting with them. So, so like I said, if you're someone that you hey you want to get to know us a little bit more, send us messages, send us um, you know co- communicate on the on Facebook, communicate with us on Twitter. Um, Travis can can attest to this. I I always respond. <laughs> so, oh yeah, so. yeah. The, you know, they're, like, I, this, it's kind of crazy. But like the first time when I brought up Baltimore, I said, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm just you know I'm a listener and I'm local. I know you guys are going to Baltimore. Would you, you know, mind a extra body in the room and I'll you know cover my gas this that and then it just it went from there and it yeah. you know I know we had talked about it on the way back from Baltimore. It's just like you it's just inviting like yeah other than a few conversations it's amazing how you know the first time you you meet people but it's not an exclusive group like ryan said we're all just talk yeah toys comics i mean there is not anything that well except star trek ryan hates star trek so don't don't talk about star trek (laughs) i I i'm trying i can't I'm trying, but it's just not happening so far. <laughs> um, so, okay, actually, since you brought it up, um, one thing that I did, and I was hoping Robert was going to be on the show tonight, uh, but I'm going to tell you the scenario because I don't know if you heard this story or not. Uh, and I know our listeners haven't heard the story, but so most of the people that I've gotten to know and most of the people that I'm friends with uh, do like Star Wars and Star Trek. And uh, they like them for different reasons and everything else. I've just never gotten into Star Trek. I just, it's never appealed to me. I've tried it. I like the movies. I've seen almost all the movies and I like them not to the same level as I like Star Wars, but I like the movies. I enjoyed watching them. But the new movies or the old movies? Both. Okay. Yeah. I've, so I've, movies in general. Yeah. So I've seen the original Star Trek movie. I've seen Wrath of Khan, which I actually think Wrath of Khan's a very good movie. Um, I've seen, you know, the, the search is it Search for Spock or In Search of Spock. In Search of Spock. I've seen that. Um, I have not seen the really horrible one. I think it's like the Voyage Home or whatever it is. I, I've heard that's atrocious. Voyage Home is bad. And Generations 
depending on who you talk to, isn't I really. I saw Generations. And I didn't mind it. Um, so I didn't mind that one. So there, and there's a couple other ones I've seen. So, um, so I've seen those movies, and I saw the new J.J. Abrams movies, and I like those, which are essentially Star Wars movies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they really are. They're good, but you're, it, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but whenever I tried to watch the TV show, I've been bored to tears. And and really, for me, I think it's because there's just not a whole lot of action. There's just a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. And um, and people say, well, it's an intellectual show, and that's why. And I'm like, I watch intellectual shows. It's not because it's intellectual. It's people in a room for an hour talking, and that that gets boring after a while. Like I think Doctor Who is is intellectual in a, in some respects, depending on the episode. But there's still like activities. There's still action going on and stuff. Right. So um, so I said to Robert and some guys from DC Noise, I said. Hey, I'm will taste change over the years. As you get older, you like different things. And everything. I said, I'm willing to give Star Trek another try. Here's what I want you to do: give me three Star Trek episodes to watch that you think I would like. Okay. Okay. I I think I I think I saw remnants of this conversation yes. on on Facebook. Yes. So I said, I told them. I says, look. Doctor Who had 50 years, and it took one episode to get me hooked. Because before that, I was like, I don't think I would like Doctor Who. And then Chuck recommended me watching the episode Blink, because he knew I liked creepy stuff and everything else. So he was like, okay, I think you'll like it. And it actually doesn't have a lot of the Doctor in it. So you check this one episode out. I watched that. I was like, holy crap, that's awesome. I want to watch more. So I ended up taking it upon myself to watch more. So I said to Robert and our friend Daryl, I said... If you guys can give me three episodes that you think I would like, if I watch them and I like them, and I will approach them with an open mind, if I like them, I will go and watch more. Um, So they said, okay, deal. And I said, but the deal is, if I don't like them, you cannot give me any more crap about not liking Star Trek. (laughs) That's that's a... If you you go in with an unbiased and completely open mind yes I, that is a fair trade so um so then they came back and said uh here's six episodes to watch and i said i said three episodes <laughs> <laughs> it, and my perspective on it is if you're giving somebody if you're if you're approaching someone who says they don't like something already and then they say, well, I'm willing to give it a try. You don't shove down more than they're asking for down their throat. <laughs> well, I mean, if they both gave you three, they no, technically no. didn't break the rules. They worked together to give me the ones, the the episodes. Okay. So what their argument was, was that they picked an episode, and actually the one, uh, they picked an episode from each uh, segment of Star Trek. So the original series, Next Generation, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, all that. So, and one of them had two episodes for that series because it was a two-parter and I was like, okay, whatever. So they were giving me crap because I was giving them a hard time because they didn't give me just three episodes. I said, do you got it? Because they said, well, you have to understand, it's hard to pick just three episodes that encapsulates all of Star Trek. I said, I didn't ask you to encapsulate all of Star Trek. I asked you to give me three episodes I would like. <laughs> and I said, and if I liked them, I would check out more. Um, so I said, all right, after a huge argument about it, I says, okay, I will watch these six episodes. 
I've made it through two. <laughs> and each time I've had to take a break before I watch any more because, again, I didn't enjoy them. And I don't want to go into another one right away with that in my mind that I didn't, I'm not Oof. enjoying this, you know. So the two that I've watched so far, one, I, and both of them I understood why they picked them. One was The Origin of Khan. Uh, See, that's a good one. Okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> I understood why they picked it because I liked the Wrath of Khan movie. and I like, okay. And I like origin stories. So it makes sense. Other than the fight between Kirk and Khan near the end, I was so bored. And the only other thing I liked about the episode was all all the skimpy dresses that the girls wore. <laughs> hey, you found a positive. That's... I did. <laughs> and isn't it funny because those are from the sixties? Yeah. How short the and like I'm not trying to to perv on anything, but how sure. that got through like a standards and practices. Yeah. Like really, how short <laughs> those were. Yeah. Um, but. I also knew that, okay, this the early stuff would probably be the stuff I wouldn't enjoy the most because I have had a lot of exposure to that in the past. Um, so then I was like, okay, so the next ep- next one was a Next Generations episode, which was called uh, Yesterday's Enterprise, I think is what it was called. Okay. And it's, the, it's uh, an alternate reality story. So again, good choice. I love alternate reality stories. So this was a story of an old Enterprise that went through a warp hole or wormhole thing and ended up in the future. And it was supposed to be back in a battle. And because it wasn't in that battle, it completely changed the future. And now the USS Enterprise is more militaristic. It's not about exploring. It's about fighting off uh, the uh, Klingon invasion and everything else. So... The I, I think there's supposed to be like some treaty or something like that. That treaty never happened. Um, okay. All that type of stuff. So, so the whole episode is about should we send them back through this wormhole and change our future, um, knowing that they're going to die if we send them back because there's this big battle that they're going to be sent right back into the middle of. Okay. That for an hour, them talking about should we send them back or not, and I said to Robert, it, I got excited at one scene where Captain Picard actually jumped over a railing to take control of the ship because it was the only freaking action in the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it, but I mean, so here, I, I I know nothing about Next Generation. I'm strictly okay. like an original series. Okay, but. To Star Trek's defense, it took DC 12 issues to call do Crisis on Infinite Earths, which this sounds very similar. Let the Flash run backwards and change everything. Yeah. But it could be. I mean, I I, I don't know. Yeah, but so anyways, the, the killer for me on that episode was, and Robert understood this when I brought it up to him, is I said, okay, so this for this whole hour, we've been talking about we're going to be sending them back. There's going to be this big battle. They might die, but we're, we, they actually decided to send somebody from their group back who was a brilliant tactician, so maybe there's a chance. So we send them back, and I think I'm about to see this battle, and what I see is credits. <laughs> <laughs> 
so you're building okay. up to the fact that they're going back to this battle, and I don't even get to see like five seconds of the battle. I see nothing. I see Whoopi Goldberg's character sitting down to talk to somebody else in a at a table, and then credits start rolling. Well, that's it, it's called using your own imagination <laughs> and filling in the blanks. It it no. what it can have whatever ending you want. <laughs> no, that's why I watch TV is because I don't want to use my imagination. <laughs> um, I'll read a book if I want to use my imagination, which I do enough of those too. So, um, so I, so those are the two I've done so far. I'm still going to watch the other four, and I, I think it's been long enough now that I can watch another one and see if I like it. And like I said, I've gone into each one, trying it. So, I mean, kudos to you. What uh, what are the other episodes? Do you uh, know? Like- yeah, I can tell you in one second here because what I did is I took a photo of <laughs> of the text message that had the episodes on it so I wouldn't lose the list, you know. Um, so uh, the next one is Deep Space Nine, and it's called The Way of the Warrior. Okay. It's from season four, and it's episode one. Um, then it's Star Trek Voyager, and it's called Year of Hell, and it's a two. this is the two-parter. It's season four, episodes eight and nine. Okay. And then Star Trek Enterprise, episode two, or uh, it's called E Squared. That's what it's okay. called. Okay. And it's season two, or season three, episode 21. I know nothing of any of those episodes. Okay. I, I just was like, I'll see them. And again, I'm, the, I think one thing that's helping me to at least go into each one fresh and thinking maybe I'll like it is the fact that each one's coming from a completely different series of Star Trek. Yes. So there's a chance that I will find, I I was just actually just talking to Chuck about it and I says, you know, maybe because he's starting to like, starting to like Star Trek a bit. Um, He says nowhere near what he likes as far as Star Wars, but he says he's starting to enjoy some of the episodes. So I said to him, I was like, well, maybe one of these series, I will find an episode that I like, and I want to watch more of that series. So that there's a chance of that. So we'll I mean, see. one of them's got uh, Scott Bakula. Right. He's from Quantum Leap. I mean, he, and he can't. that can't be bad. I loved Quantum <laughs> Leap. So there's, yeah. So, I mean, there's a chance of that. So If, I know that you, you've got your episodes, but I, another good one from the original series is... Uh, the city on the edge of forever, but from Harlan Ellison. Okay, like I, that's not pushing it on you, but it's sure. uh, it's uh, everything was written by Harlan Ellison, and it, it's really really good. It's another one of the standouts of the original series. So, okay, you, you may like it, you may not. You don't even have to watch it, yeah. but it's we'll, we'll with s- Harlan Ellison <laughs> and uh, yeah. oh shoot, I can't think of the guy that created Star Trek. Just Roddenberry, oh. yeah, Roddenberry, okay. like with Ellison and Roddenberry. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it was a good episode. Okay, um, I have started rewatching the X Files, um, which was is one of my all time favorite TV series, and I'm halfway through the first season. I, so I pretty much just started. Um, it holds up pretty well, other than the technology stuff, of course. Um, and I just started watching Twin Peaks, uh, which I've never seen. And the first episode's a, a bit weird. 
opinion? I've seen bits and pieces of X-Files. I had a coworker that was really big into X-Files. Yeah. And I remember uh, when I was younger, uh, like 10, 11, I remember hearing about Twin Peaks, but I, I, if I've seen an episode, I don't know that I've seen an episode. Yeah. I've heard from people that have seen and loved Twin Peaks. They said if you liked Lost and you like X-Files, you might like Twin Peaks because it's got some weird elements to it like X-Files did. And it's it's the type of series where you have to see every episode just like Lost was. Um, so I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. It's on Hulu. I can watch it that way. And uh, I watched the first episode, and I, I'm intrigued, but it's very odd. Like, everyone acts very hammy and stuff. And not everyone, I mean, but a lot of them do. A it is the mid-'80s. Yeah, and I, think, and I think it's being done intentionally, but at least I'm hoping it's being done intentionally. But, it's yeah, there's just some very weird characters in it. But um, I was intrigued enough after the first episode. I was like, okay, I'll watch one or two more. If the next two episodes are just like the first one, I might stop. But if it starts getting better, I'll, I'll keep watching it. So, because um, I did hear it's supposed to come back. So, that'll be awesome. Yeah. So, um, so we just got not that long ago, uh, less than a month ago, just had uh, Christmas. Did you get anything special for Christmas? Anything related to the show or anything geek related or anything um, you really loved? I or? did. Okay. I got um, from my I, the two well they're geek related and kind of Star Joe's related okay sort of kind of um, my my brother uh, got me uh, the complete Tim Burton uh, score from Batman oh, and nice. uh, Batman Returns it was a uh, four CD uh, collection from uh, La La Land Records. Uh, they, I don't, I just found out about this place, but they somehow end up getting the scores uh, for movies. Um, and if you're not familiar with the score, um, the score is the like the orchestra music yeah. that you hear in the background. It's not the soundtrack, so it's right. not like with Batman. It's not all of the Prince songs. Right. It's, it's all the of the instrument. The, it's the Danny Elfman stuff. Yeah, all of the Elfman stuff, and uh, it's awesome. Uh, I've listened to. Uh, I've had it on my phone, and I listen to it uh, to and from work. Nice. Um, my wife uh, got me. Uh, the entire run of the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Marvel Legends. Nice. I was... Uh, uh, I, I'd been looking at them since I'd been out, and I never pulled the trigger. And I, you know, jokingly, I'd found Rocket a couple times, and it's like, oh, I'm going to... You know, I, I'm a, I'm a sap during Christmas, and I, you know, I know I had told you, like, I'm going to leave rocket there because there's some there's some boy out there that, that wants a rocket right. if a older collector gets it I'm gonna ruin some kids Christmas and I and uh, I was that kid my wife ordered it the, the whole set <laughs> off Amazon and I have uh, I built Groot and nice that's the like it's the coolest build a figure that I've seen other than like the original apocalypse okay the 
because was he the second one? Because wasn't the Sentinel the first one and the then Sentinel Apocalypse? Was, Sentinel, I think, was the first one. Apocalypse, I think, was the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Which I and, have, the, I have the Sentinel, uh, which I love. I think the Sentinel is pretty awesome. So, um, but yeah, uh, and then uh, so I have that one. That's the only other Marvel one I have. Is I have him and I have I have Groot, um, and then DC wise, like the. There's a couple that I absolutely love, the build of figures, which is Kilowog. And yes. then there's a dark side one, which is awesome. So that uh, there it's awesome. I uh, I have a I have a little Detoff cabinet in my comic room, man cave, bat cave, whatever my little hideaway from reality is, and there there I've got all the guardians up there. Very cool. And uh Except Guardians Iron Man because he just doesn't fit in with the movie. Yeah, figures. It's a weird one. But um, uh, I love the Nova figure that they did for that too. Yeah, it was it, it was a good series. Like this is this was the first I've I've stopped collecting full sets of Marvel Legends and pretty much all the Marvel Legends because of just things like you've said in the past where you guys have covered where you know it's. It's twenty to twenty five dollars a figure now, yeah. and it, it's just not an impulse buy. And you know, yeah, it'd be awesome to to have them, but it just they price themselves out of yep. of of fun. And Absolutely. you know, Groot's a I mean, technically a hundred and fifty dollar figure if you yeah. think about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's why like if there hasn't been a build a figure that has made me go I'm going to get the whole set so I can build the built figure like I have to also like the figures in the set and the only figure I didn't care for in the series was the Iron Man figure um but it's not that I don't like Iron Man it's just that particular figure looked kind of wonky but it did fit in with the comic series which I read and right. uh even though he was short-lived in there but um, I mean, personally, I would have preferred like a, a Ronin figure or something like that. But yeah, uh, but they did the Iron Man figure, and that's fine. But all the other figures, I did like. So I, I oh yeah, the whole line is just it's top notch. Yeah, like it just I I love it. It it's that's yeah you know they they did a good job, and I really was pleasantly surprised because I've you know I had talked to. To, to my wife about it, to Brittany, and I would, you know, I'd send her a, a picture message or a Snapchat when I'd find a rock and be like, Rocket needs a home. And she would be like, I know Rocket needs a home. And <laughs> I had no idea that yeah. that I was getting him. So I, it was, it was awesome. That's cool. Um, well, I did get a few things uh, related to the show. I got uh, my whole Christmas almost every year is geek related. There's very few things on my Christmas wish list that family uh, get me that is practical stuff. I'm not a practical person when it comes to uh, gifts. So uh, my statement is always if I, you know, if I need a pair of jeans, I will just go out and buy a pair of jeans. I'm not going to put it on my birthday wish list. Um, So I did get a couple practical things, but pretty much like 95% of what I got for Christmas uh, was all geek related stuff. So, a couple things related to the show that I got is I got Transformers Victory uh, DVD, which is the Japanese stuff. Uh, it was the last one that I needed uh, of the Japanese run, so I'll be able to sit down and start watching that, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, I did get Star Wars 
the Jedi Path and Star Wars Book of the Sith, which are like these little journal books, hardcover books, that are they pretend like they were written by uh, a Jedi and written by a Sith, um, and they go along with my Bounty Hunter one. That's that's like that. So um, I also got the Star Wars the Complete Visual Dictionary, uh, which is done by the DK Publishers. Uh, so that was really cool. But the most awesome gift I got was from my wife, uh, who totally surprised me. And uh, I posted this on Facebook, and I posted it on my personal Facebook as well as the um, the fan page. Um, so a while back, our friend John Thurman was at a convention in, in Virginia, and he got to be uh, the chauffeur for uh, Larry Hama. Yes. And he texted me the one day, and unfortunately I didn't have my phone on me when he texted me this. Uh, he texted me, hey, you will not, I just picked up Larry and you won't believe this, but he's wearing the Star Joe's shirt that you gave him a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember when I gave it to Larry, Larry was like, uh, this is great because I only wear black t-shirts. So he says, you know, I've gotten t-shirts from other people before, but I don't wear them because they're not black and I only wear black t-shirts. So he says, I will definitely wear this. Um, and so John told me he's wearing it. And I said, well, did you happen to get a picture of him wearing it? And he's like, no, I've already dropped him <laughs> off. I don't want to, I didn't want to, uh, you know, I'm here, you know, on a business re uh, relationship with him. So I don't want to impose or anything like that. So I totally got that. Yeah, um, you can geek out completely. Yeah. And, and well, I got, can, but... <laughs> it's understandable. Let me, let me put it this way. If I was driving him and they saw him wearing the Star Joe shirt, I would totally geek out, but I think I would be in my right to do so. <laughs> I, I thought I'm going to call back to uh, Mr. Hama, could you please sign my RHP? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, there was a picture... Uh, that Larry took of a selfie of him uh, uh, of himself, and when he was heading to Virginia, and you could see the top of the Star Joe's logo on there, and I was just excited about that. I did see that one. I yes. remember he was on the, I guess, a train or, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So what my wife did was she found she wanted to try to reach out to him and see if he would be willing to take a picture of himself wearing the Star Joe's T-shirt that she could then get framed and, and give to me as a, one of her gifts. Um, so she found that it's it's not the easiest to get in touch with him. Um, no. He doesn't, I've, uh, he doesn't broadcast his email address or anything like that out there. I've been denied a friend request from certain... <laughs> I got a nice little rejection message that he currently is full of friends and he apologizes, but... Gotcha. I am not allowed to be friends with uh, Mr. Hama. Well, I am friends with him on Facebook, so if you ever have a message you want to send <laughs> to him, let me know. Um, but uh, So what she did was she found out that he was going to be doing a signing at uh, Zap Comics in Wayne, New Jersey. And so she sent them a letter saying, could you please give this to Mr. Hama when he shows up? And she kind of explained why. So they emailed her to let her know that they delivered the letter to him and uh she didn't hear anything back for a while so she was like well at least they gave it to him and everything else then one evening we're sitting on the couch and she gets an email from larry hama and it's a it just says k 
<laughs> and and has the picture, and and it's a picture of him. You can fully see him wearing the T-shirt with the Star Joe's logo, and uh, she was totally excited about it. And I'm sitting on the other end of the couch. And she can't tell me, of course. <laughs> um, so what is going on? Yes. So she got it framed, and uh, she sent. And I opened that up on Christmas morning, and was totally excited, as you could imagine. Oh yeah. Just losing my mind, and uh, she sent me the digital copy of it also. And she actually got two pictures of it made, and uh, I gave the other picture of it to Chuck. Uh, so uh, and. I actually have the framed picture that she got for me sitting right here, right behind the microphone as we speak. Um, and it's it's Larry wearing the shirt, and it's basically he's sitting there going, "You're doing a good job, kid." <laughs> <laughs> he's got a, he's he's got his fist, and he's like nudging your chin right now. Right, right. He was so, looking at you, Ryan. Right. So I was so excited. I have the best wife ever, so. <laughs> That's awesome that she, I mean, he doesn't do very many signings, but to find out a signing and like, yeah. she went the extra mile. Oh, yeah, so. she very much did. So um, in on the other side of it, and the, this is just the type of people my wife and I are, um, I was at the grocery store the one day and saw that they were going to have a signing there for Ernest Biner. Okay. Uh, who is known, uh, if you know the Cleveland Browns, oh, he, yeah. he's known as the guy that is the fumble, the famous fumble. My I mean, wife. He's no John Elway in the drive. But. No, no. <laughs> um, but my wife and I are both huge Browns fans, especially from the 80s era. Um, so I knew that she would love, he was signing his own book, which is called Everybody Fumbles. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I went and got a book signed dedicated to her uh awesome. that i gave to her on christmas morning so we both got something where we went a little extra mile uh for the other person so that was it was pretty cool so you didn't drop the ball on this one right? i did not drop the ball no <laughs> I'm, I'm like mr Bine, i'm dropping the uh right the he, football. he is a very nice guy and he is a very huggy guy <laughs> i went the guy ahead of me was uh, had gone to many signings, so Ernest knew his name, and like gave him a hug and everything else. I'm the next one in line. I figure he's just he hugged that guy because he's seen him at all these different signings. Next thing I know, he's giving me a hug, and he's just like, "How you doing?" And like so nice, like super nice guy. And uh, I talked to him for like a minute or two, and then when I got up, when I went to go leave. He gave me another hug. I was like, okay, evidently we're doing this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, that's awesome. It I wasn't mean, an uncomfortable hug. It wasn't like, okay, like stop touching me. It was just, a, you know, two dudes, you know, he gave you the pat on the back when he hugged you type of thing. Pat so, on the back yeah. and pat on the butt, the good game. and so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get the pat on the butt, no. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Pixels in the Animation is the next cartoon review podcast series in the GeekCast Radio Network's long history of review series. We've had Transformers, He-Man, and Mask as far as the cartoon review podcasts we have done. 
Now we bring in TV's Mr. Neil as he and TFU and Mike break down nine video game cartoon series. Steve Megatron will join us for the Mega Man and Sonic episodes. We'll be reviewing and analyzing every episode of the Mario, Zelda, Captain N, Mega Man, Donkey Kong, and Sonic cartoons. You can expect us to go in-depth and also talk about the game franchises that spawn these cartoons. So tune in summer 2013 as we find the pixels in the animation. Grab your helmets because it's time to assemble Mask. The GeekCast Radio Network has launched Mask Mayhem with your hosts Optimus Solo and TFG and Mike. This podcast covering all 75 episodes of Mask will feature in-depth analysis of every episode, talk on the toys, and more. Mask Mayhem will run 30 podcast episodes. You can find us in iTunes and on www.geekcastradio.com. Get your spectrums ready as podcasting is the ultimate weapon. I command the jaw bridge. Open! Yes, that's right. We have traveled to Eternia to enter Castle Grayskull. Join Optimus Solo and TF John Mike as they find themselves telling tales of Eternia. We cover all things He-Man in this 45-episode-long podcast. You can find us on iTunes and www.geekassradio.com. By the power of Grayskull, we all have the power. Alright, so you ready to talk some Star Wars? I am ready. Okay, so uh, for those of you who don't know out there, and if you don't know this, I don't know what rock you've been living under. Um, Star Wars number one came out from Marvel. And it did? Yeah. <laughs> oh, crap, I read the wrong comic. <laughs> well, then I'm just going to cover it. No. Okay, uh, I'll, yes, yes. So uh, Travis and myself both got preview copies of it. Uh, from both from the same store, little did we know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Travis My- lives near the store, and I happened to buy it off of the store off on the secondary market. So. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's my my local comic shop, and uh, it just, you know, Ryan had said, "Hey, I I got it, and it's coming from the city." And I went, "Did you buy it from this buyer?" And he said. Yeah, are you stalking me? And I said, well, yeah, of course. I'm outside your window. <laughs> but it, it it was just very. The stars were the stars had uh, the star destroyers had uh, lined up yes. on this one. And the cool thing about it is that each store only got two preview copies. Every comic yes. shop only got two preview copies, so there was only two for this store. And Travis and I both have those copies, so it's because we're awesome. That's right. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so it, it has, uh, there has been no official announcement yet, but they were projecting that this has sold over a million copies, which is awesome. Um, they've also made about a million variant covers for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm attempting to get as many of them as I can. Uh, I, I doubt I'll be able to get all variant covers, but I'm trying as best as I can to get as many of them as I possibly can. Because uh, it's a big deal for me. This is like my Super Bowl. This is, I mean, I love Star Wars. It's my number one entertainment fandom. Uh, and I love comics. Comics are like my number two under Star Wars, like a close second. So to put Star Wars and comics together, I'm just ecstatic. The fact that it's with Marvel again, I'm ecstatic about that. So I 
wanted to celebrate oh, yeah. by trying to get as many of these variants as I could. But how would you feel like just uh, devil's advocate? What if Marvel releases a trade with all of the cover, just a like a trade or a hardcover of all of the covers? I like, would, would. I would love that. I, I I feel with this many covers that they've got to have something yeah. planned, like a, a hero initiative, like where they, you know, something like that, yeah. where, you know, they release all of the covers, you know, in a, like an annual, I yeah. mean, because if there's a hundred covers front and back, that's only 50 pages, like maybe a double size annual or, or something like that with right. uh, each individual page would be a cover of here's my thinking with that what they could do um and i'm just throwing an idea out there so if someone from marvel is listening uh which i've been kind of amazed recently at who's been listening to this show um i've had people say oh yeah i've always i've always been listening and i'm like really i didn't know that um, <laughs> so so if someone out there from marvel's listening um what i would do if i was in in their shoes is i would release a hardcover uh, it doesn't have to be a super like jumbo size hardcover, just a hardcover that has all the covers available to, to see. It also has the full issue number one in it, so you can read the full, you know, full issue number one. And then get some more artists to draw a quote-unquote cover for number one to give some extra incentive to buy it. So there is some new original art in there as well, and then maybe put some of the concept sketches and everything else. Like, because you know that you know Cassidy had some concept art for how yeah. he was going to draw everything. So some of that stuff put it in there too. Do maybe. you remember? Um, I know you you've been collecting, but like uh, the director's cuts, like Avengers yeah. One director's cut, like yeah. where it was kind of they had the script. Yeah, stuff. So like I think that would be that would be great for yeah. For this book well and they also did uh the silent interlude uh idw did where it was larry hama doing the silent issue it was it's a hardcover but it's just one issue but there was a lot of extra material in it to make it worth getting it um so i'd like to see them do something like that with with this issue because I, I do think this issue deserves it uh after reading it and everything so Yes. Um, so, all right. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into it. And uh, I'm gonna we're gonna do just like I do with Robert, where I'm going to go through page by page uh, what happens, and then you comment on anything that stood out to you that you liked, you didn't like, whatever. Um, this is the spoiler point. So if you have not read Star Wars number one right now. Uh, as of yet, do not listen beyond this if you don't want to be spoiled. So you've been warned ahead of time because <laughs> we're going to go over every page of this. <laughs> so yes. And right. before we get started, a little yes. uh, little fact: I uh, had posted this on Facebook uh, yesterday. Okay. Um, the last time Marvel had produced and released a Star Wars comic was June seventeenth, nineteen eighty six. Yep. Yep. And that was the last issue. Um, issue so it, 108, I believe it was. Yes. Yeah. Or, well, yeah. And that, so it, it had been uh, nearly 19 years since Marvel had put a new uh, Star Wars comic on the rack, shelf, comicsology profile, whatever, since the release. So well, 20, this has been 19 years in the making. 29 years in the making. 
Not 19. Nice. Oh man. Yeah. 29. Oh wow. Yeah, you're right. 86 would be 29. Yes, it's a long, it's a lot longer than you think it is. Oh my gosh. Sorry. (laughs) No, that's okay. I've done that many times where I'm like, no, it can't possibly have been that long. But yeah, it's because Dark Horse had it for 22 years, 22, 23 years. And then, uh, so yeah, there was only about six years where we didn't have any Star Wars comics. But yeah, so 29 years. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. so, so somebody that was born June 17th, 1986, and bought this comic is 29 years old. So yes. happy birthday, whoever you are, <laughs> right. listener, that's 29 years old exactly. today. And much like um, G.I. Joe, uh, Real American Hero number 155, Star Wars number 108 is one of the pricier ones to obtain because when you get to the end of a run, there's a less print, lesser print run for that last issue. Um, many yes. times. So that, like I said, it, I believe it's like, I've heard like $70, 80 to, to be able to obtain that in a decent condition. So, um, and I know G.I. Joe Real American Hero 155, I believe is probably around a hundred or more to get. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a tougher issue to find. So yeah, if anyone does own it, Hey, kudos to you. Send it to Ryan. Yeah, I would love it. <laughs> Although I am so excited that Marvel is doing the omnibus editions of the old Marvel run and they're full size, unlike the Dark Horse ones that were like shrunk down to their omnibus size. Um, I have those Dark Horse ones, but I really like the full size ones, and so oh, yeah. I'm excited it'll, about that. And they're not edited; like it'll say, yes. you know, Stanley presents or Marvel Comics presents. Yep. You know, so it's this is these are true uh, reprints of the original source material. Yep. And the uh, the omnibus, the first hardcover is already out, uh, and it covers issues one through forty four and the first annual. So that's a lot that they packed into one hardcover. But surprisingly, it doesn't feel overwhelming like some omnibus omnibuses do. Uh, Omniboo? <laughs> Omnibuy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it doesn't feel as, even though there's a lot of issues in there, it doesn't feel super big and heavy like a lot of other ones do. So good um all right so getting into the issue when we open the first cut the first cover of whatever cover you got (laughs) Um, it says a long time ago in a galaxy far far away just like you would see in the movie and that's the big thing for me and travis i don't know if you felt the same way but reading this there were so many panels and so many moments that i could see actually taking place on the big screen Yes, I uh, with this and then the next page, um, yes. I, I've got something that, uh, I mean, if you turn the page, you then see double page spread of Star Wars. Yep. Like you, you hear, like the only thing that this needed is when you opened it up playing the 20th Century Fox, <laughs> like when the you John get one Williams of those opening. music cards, yeah, like <laughs> that's all you needed and it just, you felt it. Now, you know, I hadn't told you this, but yeah. I have read this twice i read the the physical copy but uh-huh. then last night in preparation of the show i read the digital copy okay. on um comiXology through the guided view which is kind of a motion comic for those that have never read one right and 
this was awesome. Like yeah. because it showed up on my tablet just like it does in the movie. That's awesome. So I knew it was there, but it's still just like it. It was just awesome. It's like there was first there was a black screen, and then you tap the screen again, and then a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, That's and then awesome. the next time you the next tap. The Star Wars logo explodes. So it looked and had the feel of a Star Wars movie on the uh, on the tablet. digital in hand. So it, that was like I got just you know a little bit of goosebumps yeah. right now, but it just it just drew me in immediately reading it that way. Yeah, and and the digital version would have been awesome to put the audio in there. <laughs> oh, I know. Like it's. Next time, Marvel. Yeah, and Next I have time. I have the uh, obviously I have the soundtracks to all the movies and everything else, and and like you said, that it's the uh, like you said with the Batman, it's it's the there is no songs in Star Wars. Well, there's a couple, but they suck. Um, <laughs> so, well, Nub Nub's not bad, um, <laughs> but uh, but it's you know playing the John Williams music. Like I might need to put earbuds in and listen to the John. Williams music and read this again and just see how that feels. Oh yeah, that could be quite the experience. So yeah, like you said, you turn the page again and you see Star Wars on a double splash page. Then you turn the page again and you get the crawl. Mm-hmm. Um, but that says book one. Yes, <laughs> book one, Skywalker strikes. I'm going to read the the crawl. Um, it says it is a period of renewed hope for the rebellion. The evil galactic empire's greatest weapon, the Death Star, has been destroyed by the young rebel pilot Luke Skywalker. With the Imperial forces in disarray, the rebels look to press their advantage by unleashing a daring offensive throughout the far reaches of space, hoping to defeat the Empire once and for all, and at last restore freedom to the galaxy. It sounds like a Star Wars crawl. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, it... it, it this is just, it's just good. Good yes. comics. Yeah. So then we get uh, to the next page, and just like a Star Wars movie, you have just the stars in one panel. Then you have a ship that's up close in the next panel, and then you it, it's as if it passed right over you, is what it did. This was another cool effect in the, uh, in the motion comic. Like, I don't, I know you're not... Too big on the digital, but I really oh, I love the digital. I okay, I'm, I'm a big I, fan I didn't know if you were a digital or not. I oh, couldn't yeah. remember, but like this is another one. Like in the next panel, like you see the screen, and then when you tap, like yeah, then you see the ship. Like it, it's almost, ah, it, it's not like watching the movie, but man, it just gives you that feel, yeah. and you just, you just, it, it's just awesome. So yeah. For everyone out there that bought their physical copy, at least try it. You know, this could be something that even on your computer monitor by clicking through, it, it just is good. Yeah. So try and it. And I this is my last time and I know we're only three pages in. That's but. okay. No, that's <laughs> fine. I, I'm a I'm a big fan of the digital stuff. I really like what they've been able to do. Um, I read a lot of stuff digitally. So yeah, I'm I'm totally for that. I still always will love the paper copy in my hand, but Yes. Uh, but that doesn't diminish uh, my love for the digital. So um, so then we have uh, Tatooine Shuttle. Uh, they're getting, it's uh, getting, you know, uh, be, uh, landing. Yeah, it's basically getting the, the people at, on the planet are radioing to them saying, uh, 
your credentials have been cleared. Go ahead and land. Uh, we see the ship come in, and of course, they have this nice open landscape of you know imperial this imperial uh, armory that it's landing at, and uh, comes to the docking station, lands down there, and we have an imperial officer that's coming up, and he's like uh, this outer rim scum. He's like I can smell them already. He's like, if you see anything suspicious, kill them all. And he's telling stormtroopers, uh, giving that type of order to them. So the ship opens up. We flip the page. And we see, and I can imagine on the digital side, this would be cool because it's got the guided view. So you don't, I would imagine in that respect, you don't know who's going to be coming off the shuttle. Obviously, with the paper copy, you know who it is because you can see him at the bottom of the page. And it's Han Solo. Um but there's the overseer, who's the imperial officer uh, that we were just talking about. His, he's known as Overseer Agadeen. And Han calls him Aggie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's like, uh, who can we be addressing? And Han says, it's the official emissary of his high exaltedness, the illustrious Jabba the Great, uh, mightiest of all huts, master of Tatooine, and grand warlord of the Outer Rim. He says, but you can call me Han. <laughs> so it, it it feels like Harrison Ford. Yes, and it looks like Harrison and Ford. And it looks like Harrison Ford. <laughs> I will say that it, people can disagree with me, but I would say to me this is Cassidy's best work I've seen. And I loved his stuff on Astonishing X-Men, but I think this is even a notch above that. The, I was skeptical at first because the penciled pages that were in previews mm -hmm. just did not look good. And I don't know if it's with the digital coloring, but they they have done something from those preview pages to this where where I I agree with you. I don't know if I can say it if it's you know Cassidy's best work, but they definitely they did something to just yeah. Like it looks good. I will say, and I haven't had anyone argue with me on this. I think it's Cassidy's best work in recent years. Um, yes, I can say that. Yeah, because <laughs> he—not that he's been bad in recent years, but he hasn't really, in my opinion, hasn't been as good as we've seen him in the past. He's um, kind of phoned it in. Yeah. Um, so then we have uh, Han. You know, says pleasure to meet you, Aggie. Um, you know. We're going to be going in for negotiations. Um, and they never really say his name, but it looks like it's Forlone there. Yeah, uh, I would I, I would assume yeah. that that's who that was. Yeah, the, I, did, I don't know hunter. if there's a race, but that he, he yeah. is there. Well, Forlone was a, was a robot, a uh, droid, a droid bounty hunter. So, right. so it could just be another model like him. But I would think the reason they put him there is because he this is for Loam, the bounty hunter. Um, and he points out that Han Solo has 50,000 credits on his head. And he's like, oh, Han's like, yeah, I can explain that. And the Imperial officer's like, yeah, maybe some other time. Uh, make sure you get rid of any of your weapons uh, because we wouldn't want to start negotiations on a bad term. Uh, so make sure your bodyguards also get rid of their weapons. And he's like, okay, no guns. And we see a bullseye or target right on, facing on Han. And you don't know who it is yet. You just, like you think it's somebody about to target Han until you turn the page and you see it's Chewbacca. And it's Chewbacca covering 
you know, making sure that Han's safe, basically. Um, he's at a he's in a like a sniper position yeah. on a on a tower an overhang. Exactly. And then we see the next panel that shows where he's at, and you see a woman's eye in there and she says, We're going in, everyone hold your positions. And I don't think there was any mistake on who that was. It, you know, it was Princess Leia. Um, but I like that it was subtly done in the art and everything else. So you, you don't know 100%, but you have an inkling that that's probably Princess Leia. Yes. So um, so the second she says we're in position, you see a response to that saying, oh, thank the maker. Well, guess who that is? <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue. None. <laughs> so that was another thing I really liked with this is, is that Jason Aaron got the character's spot on i mean pulling certain quotes that you would know from these characters but also just their tone and everything else was done really well um so of course it's 3po and uh we get uh leia saying 3po shut up (laughs) (laughs) because of course he's rambling on as 3po does and uh real quick yes hate to interrupt what do you how do you feel like for anyone that has read it or that's not reading it they actually spelled out 3PO, like T-H-R-E-E-P-I-O. Like, how do you feel about that? Did that take you out of the story instead of seeing the number 3, P, yeah. and O? You know, our friend Nick said that that kind of bothered him a little bit. Um, and I can understand it bothering someone. It really didn't bother me because I feel like even with Dark Horse, they used to spell it out and not do it with the the numbers and letters and everything else. So it really didn't bother me because I kept that in mind when I read it the second time because, uh, like I said, our friend Nick said it kind of bothered him, and I was like, all right, well, I'll see if that type of stuff stands out to me when I read it a second time, and it really didn't bother me. So I, did, it okay. bother, did it bother you at all? or It didn't bother me, but it definitely threw me. Okay. Like, I wasn't... I mean, every time you see anything about R2, because I even think with R2, it was A-R-T-O-O. Yeah. Like, it like phonetically spelled. And right. so it didn't throw me, but it, it, it did like, I went, Oh crap. Like, yeah. So, but once I got used to it, it, you know, yeah. And I think for fine. me is I've read so many books, uh, star Wars books, and I've read so many star Wars comics that like I said, I think even in the books and in the dark horse comics, they used to spell it out like that. So okay. I think for me, it was just kind of normal. Um, but, uh, so, 3PO says, uh, dare I say, I have a very good feeling about this, which a classic line from Star Wars is, I've got a bad feeling about this. Mm-hmm. So, I like that little play on that. Um, so, they go into uh, the armory where everything is being built. There's like TIE fighter uh, cockpits and shields and everything being built, all the wings and everything. And uh, they find out that the whole thing is automated. So there's not really any people there that build these things. It's all robots. And Han points out, you know, you know, that, you know, Jabba is a tough negotiator, but, you know, who do you think he learned that from? And I'm, I'll do, you know, I hope you guys got a good negotiator because, you know, they're going to be facing against me. And the officer says, I don't think you understand. We're going to tell you the terms and you're going to, accept them and take them to Java, and he needs to accept them as well 
And uh, he says, we're not here for bargaining and everything else. And Han says, and yet we're here. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, he's, they're about to take him into a conference room. And he says, well, why don't we just stay out here for the negotiations? And the officer says, well, why would we stay out here? It's noisy and everything else. And he says, uh, don't you remember? You said it yourself. We aren't here to negotiate. And he says, R2. Which that panel where he says that, that if there's, that's probably the panel that looks most like Harrison Ford to me. Uh, yeah. So. That, that would be, like, if anyone collects, like, the black series figures that that would be like the profile or like the circle picture i would i would yeah. see on like a, a figure of yeah of Han. yep so uh he says r2 and then the officer says your droid appears to be leaking fluid and r2 is leaning over with this green fluid coming out of him and uh han's like um r2 and then all of a sudden r2 brings out his little zapper uh electric zapper and shocks it, and it, like, electrifies the stormtroopers that are standing there. Then the two guards who, bodyguards, who were dressed uh, a lot like um, Lando was in... The skiff guards. The skiff guard uniform. And uh, they kick the crap out of the, the other two uh, stormtroopers. And the officer was like, oh my, this is, this is insanity. What kind of envoy are you? And you turn the page... And it's Han holding his blaster. Luke's taking off his helmet, and Leia has her helmet off, and she's backhanding a stormtrooper with the helmet. And Han says the rebellious kind. And that panel, I could see happening in a movie. Oh yeah, like that like was shot be, for shot. Yeah. Um. So he's like, "Which way to the power core?" The officer's like, I'm "Not going to tell you." Then um, R2 shows his little zapper again, and the officer's like, that way. <laughs> yeah, the little zapper is uh, a little south of the border. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> so, it was a smart decision on his behalf. Yes, it was. So then uh, Leia punches him out. Uh, in the next panel, they're actually out of the skiff guard uniforms, and we see Luke is wearing his clothes that he was wearing at the award ceremony which i thought was awesome because obviously we other than the award ceremony in the movies we never saw him wear that again so mm -hmm. um leia of course got like her action white on and everything else and han radios back to the millennium falcon and says how is everything in working order and 3po talks about it being you know uh, everything seems fine that they land you know they have it uh perfectly safe in a garbage area and he points out the fact that how come your ship is always mistaken for garbage <laughs> and, uh han says uh don't mess anything up goldenrod which is classic term for 3po um then we get to the next page and uh we see that they go into the main power core they han tells luke to be on the lookout for any troops so what Luke does is uh, he remembers what Ben told him, which is your eyes may deceive you. A true Jedi can feel the force flowing through him. And when Luke does that, he gets a sense of someone saying, help us. And so Luke follows that and he finds the slaves in a cage. And, he's, and he realizes that it's not fully automated, that the Empire actually has slaves down there. 
And just as he realizes that and he's going to get them out, there's a, someone that says, hey, behind him. And when he spins around, there's a big, fat, guard-looking guy. It looks like the Rancor Keeper of sorts. That's what I was going to say. So it's probably the Rancor Keeper's cousin. Yeah. <laughs> Rancor cousin. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so he's like... Uh, so Luke tries to do the Jedi mind trick. <laughs> that was awesome. Yes. He's like, these are these not, are not the, the slaves you were looking for. Yes. <laughs> and then the guard's like, what? He's like, it was worth a try. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a nice chuckle out of that. So um, so the guard has this like electrifying whip, laser whip type thing. And he's like, uh, don't reach for your blaster, which made me realize, it made me look at the panel and made me realize that Luke, you know, Cassie drew Luke reaching for his blaster, which was kind of cool. Um, and then he's like, you have my word. I'm not going to go for my blaster. And what he reaches for is his lightsaber. And uh, he ignites it. And you just see some the whip and the lightsaber hitting. And next thing you know, you see the guy's hand on the ground. Uh, very reminiscent of the cantina. Uh, <laughs> You can't be in Star Wars with both both hands. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only thing I'm curious about with it, and if you could pull anything negative from it, it from this issue, is Luke evidently became very adept with using the lightsaber really fast. <laughs> yeah. If this took place shortly after the end of, of episode, well, of Star Wars. Right. Uh he he did he uh, he he got really good from <laughs> from the little uh, from, little from the training droid yeah exactly <laughs> so uh, he frees the the slaves and he says my name is Luke Skywalker I'm here in the name of the Rebel Alliance anyone who hates the Empire follow me you flip the page and that's where he says follow me you see the guard on the ground holding his stump and it's just a cool one page splash of him standing there with a the lightsaber just like an iconic. Uh, Panel, and I like how it's kind of diagonal a little bit. Yeah, like that. The, it, it it seems like he's taller. Like it's yeah. another. It, it's like we we had talked about with the the Harrison Ford. Like this could be a shot for a movie or an animated movie. Like yeah. you would see this like a pan out, and you would see what we see on the panel here. Yeah. Then we have uh, we go back to Han and Leia and. Han says, you know, countdown started, we're all set. Uh, Leia thanks Han, and he's like, don't thank me till we're out of here. And she goes, no, I'm thanking you because your face is now known by the Empire and your name is now known by the Empire. So you were a smuggler, but now everyone's going to know that you're with us. And he's like, hold on a second. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell he's he's backtracking like crap. I did not think of that. Right. He's like, I didn't think this through. (laughs) Um, He's like, I'm just still just a smuggler. And um, she's like, I do have a question. Why would you do that? And was it that you really want? And he goes, maybe now is not the best time. And I'm sure it's because he's starting to have feelings for her um, based on how the future movies go. Um, Spoilers. Right. (laughs) So then uh, Luke shows up and he says we have a few more passengers uh, and in true and at first I thought it was kind of odd that Han would say yeah let's go ahead and bring them but then actually the more I thought about it, I was like yeah Han would be like that especially with Luke because he he viewed Luke like his little brother um, mm-hmm. so he was just like he's like sure the more the merrier all right let's go um, then 
Chewbacca radios Han and lets him know that there's a ship coming in, and stormtroopers and we see uh, a Tidarian sh- shuttle is landing, and uh, the stormtrooper says the negotiator has arrived, and we turn the page and we see who the negotiator is. <laughs> I'm just awesome. I, I when yeah. when I got to this, I I just. I was shocked. Like, yeah. and I'm not ashamed to say that, but it, you know, like, oh well, Darth Vader is the, you know, he's the he's the main villain or a villain. But I wasn't expecting. I mean, Darth Vader right off the bat. Right. Like, you know, it's in comics these days. You you know this as, as well as anybody. Like, it's all about decompression. Yep. Like I thought, you know, we'd see him in the next issue or even the third issue, but like right. because there's an ad. Yeah. Like it, so, when you do, you turn the page, you see another just full page splash of Darth Vader coming out, and he's got the stormtroopers on both sides, and it just it looks good. And I, you know, I I was giddy. Like yeah. I'm not. I I was smiling and just enjoying every bit of this, seeing him yeah. show up already. Yeah, because I mean, if anything, if you were gonna normally, if you were gonna see him in this issue, you would see him on the last page, right? And that would be it. Um, but yeah, this is in the middle of the issue, and like you were talking about, as far as turning the page and seeing him and just being giddy about it, like they did a really good job of panel layout and knowing when you'd be turning the page and having yes. something there for you. So, um, but there's all these stormtroopers; they're all lined up, and Vader is walking right down, and you get Chewbacca with his growl, and of course Han can interpret it, and he's like Vader. <laughs> and that's the thing I love too. And it, it's one of the things that did bother me with the um, with the animated shows and stuff like that. No one needs to have subtitles going for what Chewbacca is saying because you learn what Chewbacca is saying by how Han responds to it. Yes. And they did a very good job of that here. He's like Vader. He's like, and Luke's like, did you say Vader? And he's like, Chewie, stand down. Don't don't fire or anything else. And Leia's. It's like no, if you have a shot, Chewie, you take it. And so she ordered him to take it. Yeah. So he, you could tell he's a little conflicted, but he decides he's going to take the shot. You turn the page, and Vader is in the middle of saying what he's going to do, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Wait, I sense," and he spins with his lightsaber and blocks the first shot, and then Chewie starts shooting again, and he calls upon the. Fo- this is cold. He calls upon the force and picks up two stormtroopers to put in his way, and they just get blasted to hell. <laughs> yeah, like that was awesome. Like yeah. it just you're like, holy crap! And then you're like, that's what he would do. Like yeah. that's 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 Vader. Yeah, like, he doesn't care. Everyone like these are casualties of war to yeah. get to his. You know what he needs to accomplish. Yeah, and at this point in in Vader's cycle of of story, this is when he's at his darkest point. So yeah, he doesn't care about other people's lives. It's he needs to survive. Um, but I love how the stormtroopers like Lord Vader. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but yeah, they then they drop and they're completely like blasted to bits. Um, then you turn the page and Vader's just standing there and all the stormtroopers are dead around him. <laughs> and Chewbacca's about to take another shot. He's got a nice clear headshot, but Vader calls upon the force. He's got his hand reached out and he brings the tower down that 
Chewbacca's on, and Chewbacca just barely jumps out of out of there uh, in time. Uh, Vader notices that it's a Wookiee, and uh, he also senses the pilot that destroyed the Death uh, Star because he can kind of feel his presence. Again, remembering that Vader doesn't know the name is Luke Skywalker who destroyed the Death Star. The name Luke Skywalker isn't really known yet. It's not known until Empire Strikes Back. And that's when he's like, Luke Skywalker, well, you know, that's my son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and uh, he just knows that there's somebody strong with the Force that he's sensed before. So uh, Han's, you know, going, Chewie, come in and... Uh, Leia says we're in trouble and he's like no we can still and then all of a sudden the alarms go off and he's like okay we're in trouble (laughs) (laughs) so then he uh, radios to 3PO he says hit the autopilot 3PO's like I hit it five minutes ago Uh, nothing's happening and Han's like what'd you do to my ship and 3PO says I didn't do anything but there's scavengers out here uh, that are dismantling it (laughs) and he's like well you gotta go out there and take care of him he's like me and he's like yeah there's a blaster in the cockpit and we see the blaster and uh 3po just says oh dear <laughs> so <laughs> typical 3po uh we he doesn't you know he's not a fighter he's not meant to be a fighter so um we have the stormtroopers then they're like open fire and we got han leia and luke they're they're fending off the stormtroopers while the slaves are getting away and he han's like hurry up this way get in here and uh, Leia's like, great, Han, you got us trapped, which reminded me of the trash compactor. Uh, I, I got a very trash compactor feel with this as well. Yeah. And he's like, uh, she's like, how are we going to get out of here? And he says, and he gives a little laugh, and he's like, we walk, your highness. And when you turn the page, again, turning the page, and you see Adat walkers. <laughs> so they're in, I know. <laughs> they're in this hangar with these giant Adat walkers. And he's like, everybody get on board. And Leia's like, do you know how to f- drive one of those things? And he's like, I can drive anything. And I have a feeling Han cannot drive anything. <laughs> oh, no. Somebody's going to get crunched. <laughs> um, and she says, and Leia says, where's Luke? And Luke, we then see, is in the hallway. And uh, he gets uh, Ben's voice, or he, at least he thinks it's Ben's voice. Uh, we don't know 100% sure that it is. Um, but he's like, Ben. And he's like, Ben, is that you? Um, he's like, Darth Vader's here. He's the man who killed my father. And he gets the voice from, and he ignites his lightsaber. And uh, he hears the voice again saying, Luke, listen to me carefully. And you turn the page, and it just says, run. And it's Vader at the end of the hall coming towards Luke with his lightsaber. And I got, and again, going to the movies, I got a very new hope with Obi-Wan versus Vader meeting up in that hallway yes. uh, type of feel from this scene. So, And that's the issue. <laughs> to be continued. Yes. And we get the, I love that we got the credits on the last page. Like you'd get from the movie. They're in blue on a black background. Thought that was it really was, cool. Yeah, it just... just a, it's just a good feel. Yeah. And uh, obligatory uh, Disney yes. logo. <laughs> in, uh, case you, in case you had forgot or right. didn't know, <laughs> right. there, was a, there was a large Disney logo at the yeah. bottom of that uh, credits page. Yeah. But I mean, I've read this twice already. Like, I want to read it again. 
Um, it's like there's so much fun that happens in this issue, and there's so many moments where I'm like, I I want to know what happens next. Like if Marvel started producing this twice a month, I would be happy. <laughs> I'm not trying to give them any ideas, but I would be happy. <laughs> well, I think once they get into the swing of things yeah. with the, the other titles, you know, with Star Wars and then the other minis with Vader or and Leia, I think it's going to be nice to have different stories yeah. now or like because then you will get almost a weekly yeah. fix of of star, star wars. wars yeah and you know i've got a a small like uh oh gosh like i don't know other word i'm looking for but this is i've never been big on star wars comics mm-hmm. ever like so this is the first star wars comic that i've read since Shadows of the Empire. Okay. And I loved it. Like yeah. I've read the I, I've been big I'm bigger on like the movies and some of the, the novels, but this was just it was fun. Like yeah. yesterday, uh well, peeking the curtain back, it's the day after the comic came out. I uh, I went on my lunch at work to there's a, a small comic store across the street and uh, I went to go pick it up because I wanted to I, – I, I fell to the hype. And I said, you know what? I'm going to – you know, I want the digital copy and, and that. And so I went and I, I got the, the regular – I bought the physical copy with the digital code because the preview did not have the digital code. Yeah. And it just – it was – you know, it was as good the second time as it was, you know, the first. And it's just – fun and yeah. it makes me want to come back you know yeah. uh one of the things with this last page there was i'd, I'd listened to um an interview with uh david michelini michelini i how yeah. i don't know how to it might be michelini exact- i'm not sure yeah <laughs> how to exactly pronounce his name but he uh he has came out and admitted that like he said that, you know, there were rules when he was writing Star Wars, and one of the rules was, you know, this is before Jedi, that you could not have Luke and Vader in a panel. And this first issue, you've got Luke <laughs> and Vader in a panel, and they're about to have a lightsaber battle. Yeah. Like, it's it's there already. Well, we and think they're going to have a lightsaber battle. We don't know. We like, don't, but yeah. they are on the same panel. Yeah. Both do, oh, yeah. wielding lightsabers. So Yeah. My theory, my thought is that we might get, I don't know, I don't know how close they are to each other right now, but we might get Han busting through between them in the edit walker. (laughs) The first page of the next issue is just a big edit foot coming in. Right, because let's face it, Luke, right, even though he looked pretty adept earlier, he's not ready for the lightsaber battle with Vader, and I always... I not that I will hate it at all if they do if they do have a lightsaber battle between the two of them, but I always liked the idea that the first lightsaber battle between the two of them was in Empire Strikes Back. Yes, and that that kind of transitions into if you want to nitpick this, like it, and it's just exactly like you said, like would does the real first like lightsaber battle happen in between movies? So right. it. It's 
you could I can definitely see where some people diehards could definitely nitpick this. Or, sure. You know, and I get that, but like it's comics yeah. and it, you suspend the belief, but oh, it, yeah. it, and it just, I mean, well, especially when you're having fun. I mean, if you're reading this and having fun, then yeah, suspend some disbelief then have and, exactly. and enjoy it. Enjoy it. it. Yeah. Don't, don't read it to nitpick it, but right. just enjoy the story that that's happening. Cause you're right. You know, there may be something and there's something more than likely going to happen, yeah. but the end of this comic leaves you on a cliffhanger of like crap you know they're going they're going to town next next issue they're gonna here it comes yeah we got the ed at walkers with han and leia we've got 3po having to deal with the conundrum of the salvagers and we got chewbacca who knows where he's at right now (laughs) yeah you got forlone you know that may that that may be a dangling plot point yeah you know we we may see something in a few issues where you know Han thinks he's made it out, but then there's Forlone with maybe a couple other bounty hunters to like. It's there's so many things that could happen, right? Or now. maybe Forlone and Chewbacca have to face off for a, a moment or something like that. We just yeah, yeah. we don't know. Um, the other thing I just wanted to mention also was we, you do get some preview pages of Darth Vader, uh, which is going to be an ongoing series, and then you get some preview pages of Princess Leia, which is going to be a mini series. It's going to be a five, I believe, a five part mini series. Um, so Vader is going to be written by Kieran Gillen and art's going to be by Salvador, uh, LaRocca and, uh, Leia is going to be written by Mark Wade and drawn by Terry Dodson. I will say I, cause all you get is the art. They don't show any words. The art by Salvador LaRocca. Holy crap. I was drooling over it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, Vader in Jabba's palace. Right. Number one, and, that just blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. You see, uh, once again, you know, you see Jabba and he's got, it's not slave Leia, but he's got a slave and you see, right. you know, it, it just, it's awesome. Yeah. And then you turn the page and then there's, you know, a two page, a double page spread of Vader just standing there, lightsaber in hand. Yep. It's not, yep. not lit. Right, but then you you see the cantina or not, uh, um, but that's the whole not the can- no, it's not the like, cantina, but it's the palace uh, people, all the different palace yeah, 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 aliens yeah. and stuff like that that they have, and uh, like in the background, it looks like uh, Forlone might be there and IG eighty eight, and you see Boa Fett, and you see Baba and Bosk, and yeah, uh, like there's the Morian guard, yeah. And uh, Max Rebo's in the background covering up his eyes. So the other thing I really liked when the preview pages was seeing Vader, the gates opened up and Vader is walking in, which is very much like Luke in Return of the Jedi. He made the gates open up and he walked right in. So <laughs> um, do, you, do you think they're doing that to try to get some of the beats to, uh, to please and like have the... I'll say old school fan, but the, I mean, there's going to be a new generation of Star Wars fans, like yeah. to bring in and have the quote unquote old timers, like, you know, get the feel as, as oh, well sure. as bring in new readers. Oh, I'm sure it's, it's done intentionally, um, to, to bring in the old, old time readers and have the new readers and everything else. I, I have no doubt about, about it, that they're doing a lot of these things intentionally. I mean, who didn't want to see 
Vader and Java in the same room at some point. I mean that. Right. So it's it's an awesome idea. I'm looking forward to it. The whole series with Vader is supposed to be about him building his reputation back up because he's seen as a failure because he wasn't able to defend the Death Star. Um, so it's taking place after that, and it's him building his reputation back up again. Um, the we may see Vader versus a Rancor. Right. Who knows? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> um, the I will say the Terry Dodson art. I wasn't overly impressed, and I don't know if it's because of his art or if it's because of the coloring. Like they kind of have this watercolor uh, painting done to the pencil lines and everything else. Um, it's not that it's bad. It's just when you compare it to the other two. <laughs> it, it's not as realistic and yes. not as photo, I don't want to say photo referenced, but right. with with this issue and with the Vader preview, you can definitely tell that they went for a more realistic feel. Yeah. Dotson is more the comic. Yeah. Like, had I known that, had I not known this was Dotson, it really looked like Amanda, Amanda Connor to Yes, me. yes. And I like Dodson's art. It's not that I don't like it. It's just this didn't look like typical Dodson art to me. Um, right. But I, I still like it. I, I still think it's going to be a fun read, especially with Mark Wade writing it. Um, so, uh, and I, I need to put out some feelers to see if I can possibly, re, you know, get emails or something like that to reach out to them. But I would, I'm going to try to get either Jason Aaron or Mark Wade or possibly both for, uh, see if I can get them for episode 150 and by then a few of these episodes a few of these issues will be out and we can talk about them and everything else but i think it'd be awesome to get one or both of them on that episode so oh yeah yeah um the other thing that i want to do is i want to do some more of these episodes where it's like since chuck and i haven't really been able to get together to talk about comic issues and we obviously have a back pile of them i there's no give me no way we can get caught up on them but what i would like to do is more episodes like this where we cover a significant issue that's coming out so i do want to do one for the darth vader issue i do want to do one for the first issue of princess leia not every issue just the first one Mm -hmm. um i want to go back and do an episode on the first issue of Karen Travis's run on G.I. Joe. Just cover that first issue. Um, You're welcome. I yeah. loved writing that. Yeah. <laughs> Karen Travis, not Travis. Oh, oh my bad. Um, and then uh, same thing with the Masters of the Universe, uh, the Eternity War, the first issue of that. I'd like to go back and, and do an episode like this uh, for that. So um, so things like that. There's going to be the com- uh, Transformers is going to have the Combiner Wars starting. So I, I'd like to you know do an episode where we cover just the first issue of that. So um, I think that'll be kind of interesting for people to listen to. So um, the other thing I wanted to do with this episode before we wrap up is uh there was a lot of variant covers out there yes a lot of them <laughs> maybe like seven or eight <laughs> hundred hundred <laughs> yeah um so uh i mentioned to travis uh hey what about just mentioning our top three favorites of the ones out there so um there's a lot of great ones there's a couple stinkers out there but there's a lot of great ones out there so what were your three favorites? They don't have to be ranked in any order. Just what were your three favorites out there? Um, my three favorites, uh, the first one, uh, like I said, in no particular order, was I had to double take this cover. 
um, was the Hasbro uh, previews, uh, like oh. slash previews with the action figures. Yes. Those are all action figures. Yeah. And like, I know that Mattel has done that with uh, Masters of the Universe, like subscription variants. Yep. And I think that's just really, really cool. Like it, 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 it did. I looked at it and I went, "Oh man, those are that's those are action figures." So yeah. I really liked that. I liked seeing all the stormtroopers, and it makes me want a troop build. And then I tell myself, "That's like a thousand dollars worth of stormtroopers." I, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um. So I liked that one. Um. My next one was the. Uh, Alex Malev, Alex Malev, yeah. the the comic pop variant where it's uh, the Tales of Suspense. Yes. Uh, where you've got the three panels of Boba Fett uh, gearing up, and then on the right hand side you see uh, you see Boba Fett. Yep. Uh, really liked that one. And my last one was the uh, comic exposure, John Tyler cover okay which is the all-white cover and the only thing that you see is um it's got han and luke in their stormtrooper gear and leia and there is no uh there is no detail or defining lines or anything like that yeah for the white and you but you see like where everything is black like you can see their i guess turtleneck of the the stormtrooper, and then you see the the shoulder, like the black in the shoulders, and then you can see one of the stormtrooper helmets. But I like the like really, it's just floating heads. But you're when you look at it, you actually you actually can see what it is in the in the I guess the blank space or the the negative space. Yeah, I, I, that is a cool one. Yeah. Um, my top three are, uh, and again, in no particular order, um, the, and I have unique reasons why, but one is the GameStop, uh, variant, which is done by Greg Horn, and it's Luke Skywalker in his, uh, X-Wing pilot uniform, and it's very reminiscent of the old military posters that you'd see, and it's like, join... Uh, the rebellion and stuff like that, and he's standing there, and there's X-wings flying over his shoulders and stuff like that, and I think that's just a very awesome-looking image. So, mm-hmm. um, and Greg Horn, you know, does some awesome, like, realistic-looking art. So, um, another one of my favorites is the J. Scott Campbell cover. The connecting one. The connecting one. Yes. Okay. Uh, where it's it's basically the whole cast of Star Wars on on the cover. And uh, it's done in J. Scott Campbell art. It just looks awesome. And the reason I really like that is because now I want J. Scott Campbell to draw at least a mini series of Star Wars. <laughs> it just looks like, man, I would love to see what he would do with I think with that. Yeah, I, I think my, my son would be six years old by the time that the sixth issue came out. <laughs> well, that's why I want it to be a miniseries, because I, he can take his time, <laughs> and I can get, get a full story, uh, let him get it all done before you release it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just it, it, it was like, man, I miss J. Scott Campbell's artwork. I, I miss seeing him on a, a issue. So to see him draw Star Wars characters, I was like, wow, that would be cool to see him do a full thing. And he had all the cast there. 
So oh, yeah. it was really cool. Um, my and this one actually might be my number one of all the covers, and I don't. Well, I know why, but it's just it. It's so unique, which is David Peterson's cover. It's for Newberry Comics uh, store. Uh, it's Greedo at the bar in the cantina, and there's all the can. A lot of the cantina characters are there, and. Again, much like the J. Scott Campbell, what this made me want is it made me want David Peterson to draw, a, create a mini series that's based on the Cantina. <laughs> I, I, that would be awesome. Like Cantina Wars, or <laughs> yeah, just something where like the ta- like they did the book, the Tales from the Cantina. Just like maybe each issue is a, focuses on a different character, or maybe they're just an overarching story for four issues or something like that. But David Peterson's art was like perfect for that cantina scene. And I was like, and I would have never thought that. I never would have been, because it is his artwork. It's not like he changed it up for this. It's totally his art style. But when you see it, you're just like, that would be cool. And the thing I, that really made it stand out was the fact that he didn't go with the typical characters. He didn't go with the main cast. He went with Greedo and the weirdos in the cantina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just loved uh, that one. Um, the only other one I wanted to mention is because it, it has to be an honorable mention, which is Alex Ross's cover. The main. I, yeah, that's. that that was my that was my honorable mention. Yeah, like it the just homage to the original number one. Yep. and it 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 was it was awesome. Yeah, just just amazing. So, um, so yeah, so that's that's everything. Uh, uh, issue number one can't wait for issue number two it's gonna be awesome uh like i said when darth vader number one comes out i want to do another one of these episodes um and hopefully maybe i can find some time between now and then to do uh cover the gi joe number one that came out not that long ago and the masters of the universe eternity war uh so like i said those monumental issues where it's like a fresh start uh, I'd like to cover them at least a, as a full review uh, if we can. So um, let me go ahead and give our information out. Well, Travis, is there any uh, anything you wanted to plug or anything you wanted to throw out there or how people can find you or follow you or whatever? Um, I'm on Facebook, Travis Fowler. Um, if you are friends with Ryan and Chuck and John and Robert, I'm. you can find me through there. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I think T Fowler one, yes. maybe. Yeah, I believe um, so. Yeah, I haven't used Twitter in a while, <laughs> um, but um, I'm. That's it. I'm not really. I mean, uh, I haven't done much recently, okay. but just well, we talk comics and yeah. action figures and and whatever. I'm I'm down for it. Sounds good. All right. Well, you can find us at StarJoes.com. You can find us at the uh, Forum for Geeks. Dot com, which the forums, there were some problems with the forums recently, um, and it's all fixed now. As long as the forums are working and they can keep them working, we will have forums, even if there's not a lot of people on them. Uh, but I know for like four or five days, we were having problems uh, with people being able to post. I had problems with posting stuff. Um, but Russ from Legion of Dudes podcast, uh, who hosts and monitors our uh, overall forums for everyone uh he i reached out to him and he was able to fix the problem it took him a while but he did some in-depth study and got it t- 
taken care of. So big shout out to Russ. Thank you very much for fixing the forums. So uh, Forum for Geeks is out there and you can interact with us every day. I'm on there every day um, checking to see what's going on. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at Star Joe's Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. We're almost up to 500 likes. I'd love to get there as fast as possible. Um, you can also uh, email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com, and we will read your emails on a future episode and respond to it. You can leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-J-O-E-S. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the air, and we will respond to that as well. Uh, so with that, Travis, you think you can handle the other end of the closing? I was born for this, baby. <laughs> so with that, we'll go ahead and close by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. Star Wars, you and your children love it. Now, the Earthlings of Kenner have asked my associate and me to present the Star Wars collection. Truly remarkable toys and games for your children. What are you so excited about now? My goodness, the Star Wars TIE Fighter and X-Wing Fighter. Now your children can relive our great space battles or collect our wonderful Star Wars companions with Kenner's Star Wars action figures. R2, it's a little new. Kenner's new radio-controlled R2-D2 anyone can command. Ah, the Star Wars moves like it's floating. And here's Kenner's Death Star Space Station and four floors of action. A trash compactor too. Just not who. That's the Star Wars Electronic Laser Battle, a game of speed, reflex, and reaction. These and other toys and games in Kenner's Star Wars collection are sold separately. Batteries are not included. May the force be with you and your children.